I can't believe y'all didn't have computers. Jeez. <laughs> didn't you, didn't you type reports on typewriters, though, at one point? No, we always hand wrote them. You they never had a typewriter? Us, they wouldn't buy us a typewriter. That cost money. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Columbia Heights listeners, to Roll Call, the uh, Columbia Heights Police Department official podcast. And uh, uh, I'm Ben Sandell, Communications Coordinator with the City of Columbia Heights, and I am here with... Derry Jones, Patrol Officer, Columbia Heights. Officer Muhammad Farah, Patrol. And we have two special guests today, um, Ted Fisher and uh, Tony Miller. So I'm going to just have each of you... Uh, introduce yourself and talk about how um, how long you've been a police officer. So, uh, Ted. Yeah, my name's Sergeant Ted Fisher. I've been a police officer in Columbia Heights since 1992. Uh, I'm Tony Miller. Uh, I've been a patrol officer here for a month now. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> definitely uh, <laughs> brand new uh, since 2021 here. So started February 8th, but I've been with Columbia Heights here since October 26 of 2016 started here as a CSO and you know worked my way through and made it <laughs> made it Ted you're about to retire yes when is your last day tomorrow what? <laughs> did not know this well congratulations oh, thanks so by the time this podcast airs you will have you'll be off in a Hawaii or something or well, probably not Hawaii but I won't be here <laughs> <laughs> So uh, we wanted to talk today about the, the process of becoming a police officer. And so let's start with, you know, what it was like for you compared to, to you. So, uh, Ted, um, can you give us some examples or experiences or stories of, you know, what it's like now to be an officer versus what it was like when you started? Or way, there's no comparison. They're way more professional now. Um, there was society had a completely different expectation for what law enforcement was and did in you know in the late 80s. And remember, it was crack epidemic, and people wanted the cops to crack down, and they wanted heavy-handed law enforcement. They that's what they wanted then, and that's changed 180 degrees now. You know, we talk about diversity, and obviously we have a very diverse group here. But when I started, they used to say, "Yeah, we're diverse. We got a couple Catholics." I mean, that's how much oh, the diversity has changed over the last 30 years. Um, and just the outlook. I mean, the guys I started with started in the 60s. A lot of them were Vietnam War vets. A lot of them, I swear to God, were suffering from PTSD. Um, there was no mental health support for officers back then like there is now. And, and that's even relatively recent, just in the last couple of years, really. Um, they had high school diplomas, and they went through the BCA Academy to get hired. Um, there was the, you didn't have the schooling requirements. I doubt seriously that a lot of them had to go through a mental health assessment before they got hired, like everyone has to do now. As far as going through the field training process, it is a long process. It's at least 12 weeks, uh, generally speaking. 
Um, and you do. It's a stressful time in your life. You're riding with a FTO, and as you go through the process, more and more the responsibility of getting the work done and making decisions switches from the field training officer to the recruit officer so that they can prove that they can make those decisions. And we do it for a lot of reasons, but we want the public to be safe, so we want to make sure that people are monitored while they're learning how to do the job because you have to know a lot about a lot of different things. I mean, people have no idea how much knowledge a police officer has to know. And really, it takes three to five years before you're really completely independent on the street by yourself, just because you have to know everything from mental health to what items you can pick up that might have DNA or what things might have fingerprints on them. It's not something, it's not something that, you know, right after you graduate from high school, you get a gun and badge. It you takes know, a long time. It is it is a process, and sometimes can be a couple years to a year just to you know have an opportunity to put your feet on the door. Is it is the process harder than you expected it to be? For me personally, it was it was I, I expected some of those steps. Some you know I was walked. People told me about it that I was already in the field, but actually experiencing it and going through it, you know, um, it, it was. Just the waiting yeah. aspect of it. Once you turn everything in, right? I think it was, thought it was longer, right? Yeah, it's, it's longer. Long. It feels like long, long, just to wait, you know? Yeah, and like, and like Fisher said, it takes like five years to become like a yeah. solid all-around cop and kind of have it down because we only have them for 12 weeks or maybe longer, depending on how they're doing. But we're not going to teach them everything they're going to know for the rest of their career. Yeah. We're teaching them to, you know, be that they're safe out there, they're not violating people's rights, and or that they're able to do the job. They're going to learn as they grow, as they, you know, as you continue as a police officer. But I do remember being F, like on FTO and thinking about all these huge calls, like what am I going to do when it happens? And, and you're like, man, I'm going to be by myself because you have this person with you who has experience in there. They're helping you throughout your time. So I remember actually going to my first big call, like once I got off FTO, and it was like a shooting, and like all your training just kind of overrides and kicks in, and you just do it, and you're like, oh, I did that, and it kind of just kicks in, and you're kind of like. You don't even think about it. So it's, it's a, it, the training takes over. You do it every day. I suppose that's the point of yeah. having that much training. That's really, and we, we have a lot of training. Every, we have training all the time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if people understand we go to trainings <laughs> a lot like, for everything, for mental health, for like use of force, for everything. So. And I remember my first day, you know, my first day on patrol. There was a hold-up alarm at one of our businesses, and I just remember, like, of course. <laughs> of course. I just got bad luck. Everything always happens to me. So I'm driving there, you know, acting like I'm excited. Like, yeah. I'm like, whoa. Like, it, I hope it's, you know, a false alarm. But, like, what am I going to do? <laughs> you know? I never handled this before. Uh, but it was a false alarm, so I think I did good. <laughs> um, it's... Honest eye opener, you know. I mean, definitely like trans transitioning from a CSO, just handling like you know petty calls and stuff, and coming here, you know, you're handling domestics and like uh, uh, Officer Jones and Officer Farrell was saying, you're telling people who's older than you to, you know, separate. yeah, separate. Like you know, you're giving like relationship advice, marriage advice. You're telling people about their kids. I don't got kids. I'm not married. You know, what do I know? But you got to tell people that, and it's, it's just weird, you know? It's like, you got to remember, like, yeah, 
like I'm the police here and I got to make these decisions. So it's, it's different. It's different. It is, it is different. Like this feel like when I, when I started, like you were in a multiple hats, you know, one minute you're saving a cat from a tree, next minute you're chasing somebody, you know, whether it's a foot patrol or on a vehicle, like it's, it's, it's crazy how like constantly things are evolving, you know? Have you saved a cat from a tree? I saved a, a little dog on, on a, a lake, on like a pond. It's a frozen. You I know. saved ducks from a <laughs> sewer line. Yeah, there you <laughs> that go. was big news. <laughs> that, that, was, that was big news. There was a whole bunch of kids around, so they were excited. They were happy I saved them. So that was big. So you, you say the dog? Duck, duck. A duck, duck so yeah. you're both in the duck. Oh, you save a duck too? Yeah. Oh, we duck savers. <laughs> <laughs> it's a duck group. <laughs> no, nah, but it is. You go from a call like that where you're saving ducks with a whole bunch of kids, and then you go to a stabbing. And it's like you have to be able to like flip back and forth. And then after the stabbing, you got to go to a call with some kids. And it's like you have to be able to bounce back like that. And it's like that's that's a hard thing to do. And it takes time to be able to do that. So, yeah, it's... Uh, and the other challenge that I came across is like, you know, especially um, I didn't have any experience of like I was in a community service officer and stuff or so like the radio communication, that's itself is another language that you have to adopt understanding the language, the lingo. And then also um, you have to pay attention to what's being sent on the computer by dispatch. And then you have to listen to your field training officer. Then you also paint it. You got to paint it on traffic. So it's and geography. And the geography. If you're not from here, like I wasn't from in height, so I had to learn the map on like how to get calls and stuff. So it's it's a really stressful for average person. It's extremely stressful, but it, it's nice that you don't go through those steps once, step by step. You don't move on to the next step until you feel you know you pass all these other ones. And that's what that's the guidelines the department and other agencies have. They gotta make sure you gotta make sure you pass this this step before you go to the next one and you feel comfortable. Sometimes if you don't if you don't pass, you get extended to give you a little bit more time. Yeah. But you won't be hundred percent ready once you're done. Um, you learn things on your own um, and, and just by doing it and stuff. Learn things from your partners, from your sergeants. Yeah. That's what. Okay. What. Um, were you nervous when you first started? Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> how, how did you handle the uh, the, the first uh, high pressure call? Um, oh, I can't even remember my first high pressure call. But I mean, you get to a point where, like my wife always says, things that get other people all excited, I can be flatline on because I've done so many things and can have that adrenaline drop that you, you kind of learn how to manage it. It's usually worse on your way there. Like if I get the shakes, it's when I'm driving to the big call. Once I get there, I'm fine. But, but getting there and running through your mind, all the things you have to do. And uh, that's when the adrenaline kind of hits is that's when I might get the shakes. But once I'm there and you start doing it, then that all goes away and you can kind of focus in on what you need to do. You also, I mean, you know things that work. You've done it a lot of times. You can kind of, you develop a sense if this is going well or not. And based on that sense, you kind of can decide, well, do I need more people here? Do I need different equipment here? What do I need to do here to 
to mitigate the circumstance. And you just almost do that um, automatically. And once you say, I mean, your brain is burning up and sin is like flatline next to you, right? Oh, yeah. It's like, I'm excited, you know, even like, you know, you do a little small traffic stop, get that little adrenaline rush, like, yeah. But then, I mean, things that's excited for me as a new person isn't excited for like a person who's been here for a while. So it, it, it kind of makes you a little sad a little bit. You think like, should I not be excited for this? And they're like, oh, I'm just used to it. And I'm like, how are you still not excited though? This is fun. This is how I tell Daryl, like, this is so much fun. This is fun. I use that word. This is fun. Like, so much fun. <laughs> yeah, he's like doing a basic traffic stop. I'm like, man, we did so many traffic stops. So it's still fun, but it's just like, it's not exciting like as it was, you know? So it's like, so. What's the one call you won't forget? The one call you won't forget. Well, in 2001, we had an active shooter event in Columbia Heights where two of our officers were shot and a Minneapolis officer was shot in a 25-minute long running gun battle. It was like... It was like warfare more than police work. Um, that one sticks with me. Yeah. Then the other one, if you drive up 35W North and you drive past the Sean Silvera Memorial Highway sign, I went to Dare School, Sean, and um, I was working the night he got run over and killed on 35W. So, you know, I'm getting to the end of my career, but there's people I've worked with who didn't make it. How much do you think about that now um those i'll tell you these last couple months knowing that my retirement was eminent have been more stressful than the last 20 years mm. <laughs> yeah. it's like you can see the goal line but you're not quite there yet and with this job you never know like one call it could change everything so and, and here's the thing, in this job, in the ethos in this job, on the last minute of my last day, if Derry or any of these guys called for help, I would go. They're getting shot at. If someone's trying to hurt them, I'm going to go. But what if it's one minute after that? And it's like, oh, I'd still go. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on if, he got, if he's out of the locker room or not. Yeah. 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 He won't have his radio by that time. <laughs> I mean, I got a question. Uh, how does it feel? To like retire and how are you going to turn off that going to work to be a police officer switch schedule, you know? I think that's going to be hard. I think it's going to take a while to turn that off. It's one of the things I worry about is, you know, is it going to, how much of this goes with you, stays with you forever? Um, and not, not everything that sticks with you forever is good. I mean, you see a lot of bad in this job and... I hope to keep that at bay, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be difficult because this is, there's a lot of responsibility with this job. I mean, even at the lowest level, you know, a brand new officer has a ton of responsibility compared to your average person who gets a new job. And, you know, by the time you make it up to sergeant or field training, all of a sudden now you're responsible for other people. And, and you can't control all the variables. There's very little that you actually get to control. I mean, we react almost all the time. It's, um, so that's going to be a little difficult. What are, the, what are the, some of the changes in terms of technology you've seen over the years? I know there's a lot of change. You started. <laughs> when I started, I carried a revolver. 
we had an Ithaca revolver shotgun, 12-gauge shotgun in the car, and the cars, all they had in them was lights, uh, switches to turn on your red lights and siren and your radio. That was it. And when you got a call, you'd have to write down the uh, address on a sheet of paper and a clipboard. Oh, now, sure. I mean, now you there's... one light that you took out and put it on top. <laughs> we had, we <laughs> had some of those, actually. <laughs> I always wanted to see that. I always want to see a cop just go, the, whoop. Yeah. Just, the first time I was in investigations, that's what we had. <laughs> that's cool. That's what you see in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> With Kojak light. lights. Uh, so, I what forget what it was. Uh, we had the old, when I started, we had the old Crown Vicks, the square ones, and then we went to the more rounded version. We had Crown Vicks all the way up until the time we got these, uh, Explorers, which are a lot nicer. Because you had to, because Columbia Heights is so hilly in the winter, you actually had to think ahead so that you parked going downhill in a snowstorm because you were never, you were going to get stuck instantly if you had to stop your car and get out to go to a call and then get back in and try to leave. You weren't, you weren't getting away from the curb. Did you write paper reports? Yeah, I had to handwrite every report. That would have been terrible. Yes. Wow. No spell check. You had to use whiteout. Wow. Wow. <laughs> you get all the red ink from all your directions. and. They, they didn't hardly kick anything back back then. <laughs> Sounds good. Half the guys who, half the sergeants back then, I don't know if they could read. <laughs> Tabitha, you were our guest for the last podcast. Was there anything that you wanted to throw in on this topic? Or I'll say I know that I've been trying to avoid going to calls with Sergeant Fisher his last month, <laughs> as we talked about in an earlier podcast. Uh, we kind of each other in bad luck, so I've been trying to avoid having to go anywhere with him so he can retire tomorrow. What happened that made you think that you're bad luck for each other? We, we had a string of calls for like a month where like every call we showed up to it together, we got into a fight with somebody. <laughs> or they ran from us or something. It was some bad luck. Okay. It was a streak. But, yeah, and I'm going back to what you said about um, going from one call to the next. I mean, I remember one day I dealt with somebody who died, what we deal with, and then call right after that, the neighbor was mad that the other neighbor was blowing leaves into his yard. And I'm like, so you go from somebody dying, and you're mad about leaves in your yard. So, like, it's a little frustrating sometimes. But you put it into perspective of what we deal with. Yeah. But every call we go on for that person, that's the biggest deal you know, mm -hmm. for them. Yeah. So you got to make sure you take that into account, too. That they don't know what everything that we're going through. Yeah. They just know about their leaves being blown <laughs> into their yard. It's a huge deal to them. So we got to handle it as it is. That's what I was thinking when you were describing the uh, tra traffic stop as, as fun. It's like, it's, it's not fun yeah. for the person to get pulled over. But yeah. <laughs> when you think about everything that goes into a traffic stop, just a traffic stop has so much going into it. Yeah. When you first do it, it's stressful. And people just, you know, you, you, when you think of the cops without knowing all the training, you don't think about like, oh, he has to know license plate. He has to call out where he's at. He has to make sure the spotlight's on the car. He has to know, how, you know, there's all the stuff that goes into it. And not knowing those things is... It's like even the way you walk up to yeah. the car is crucial, you know. Everything. Yeah. And you were talking about your first day. I remember my first call of my first day was came out as a stabbing on Tyler Street, and it was, and you came too, but you were on your way, and it was just like 
right at that 550 whatever mark and it was courts and i and i'm like i have no idea what i'm gonna do like this is my first day what does he want me to do because there's not that many people working day shift and i don't come as another officer and it ended up being somebody broke a bottle over somebody else's head so we go and there's like blood everywhere i'm just like tell me where you want me (laughs) so you got lucky with the pulse alarm yeah thank you you. (laughs) i agree ted you you know your last day is tomorrow what um, what bit of wisdom <laughs> do you want to uh, leave us with that you've learned over uh, your experience? Well, I still think law enforcement is a noble career. And the like I said, these younger officers are, are better trained. They're better educated. Um, they have a bigger background in, in uh, how to deal with problems that people are having than the older one. I mean, things have changed a lot, a lot more than I think people really give us credit for. And uh, you get a chance to actually help people. I mean, there's homeless people to this day who know me on site and will talk to me. And, you know, they might have an uh, issue with someone else. But if I show up, they'll calm down because... I've known them for 20 plus years and I have a relationship with people, some of these people. And that's one of the things I do love about Columbia Heights. It's a small town feel and you do develop a relationship with people over the years. And if you've treated them decent and been fair, even if they know they're going to have to go to jail, they're okay with that because they know that you're not railroading them or you're not treating them unfairly and you've got history with them and their whole family a lot of times. And what um, what bit of advice would you give to uh, new officers like uh, like Tony? Let's say you know take advantage of opportunities that come up when you get a chance to do something different. You know whether it's going to the DTF or into investigations or community oriented policing or whatever. If you have an idea that you think would be good for the department, bring it up. And uh, you know that's how all the stuff that we do now got started. If you get a chance to go to a instructor school to be a use of force instructor or firearms instructor take advantage of that i do encourage you know younger officers who actually have a passion for it even with everything going on in the world still apply and become what you you know a police officer you want to do that so it's a good career well ted might be retiring from this police department but He's still going to be dealing with me because we both live in the same city. And uh, I was just asking him to see, you know, I mean, if I can swing by one of these days and borrow sugar or salt or something. <laughs> so he's giving those offers. So now I just want to say, you know, congrats to Ted for putting his time. And uh, we've learned a lot from him. And uh, we wish him nothing but the best for him and his family. So you earned it, man. Enjoy retirement. You did. Thanks. And congrats again. I learned a lot working with you and under you, so I appreciate everything that you taught us. Thanks. Been great <laughs> well, I, uh, I want to thank everybody who's uh, joined us on this podcast. Uh, Derry Jones, uh, Muhammad Farah, uh, Tabitha Wood, uh, Tony Miller, and um, Sergeant Ted Fisher. And uh, thank uh, Will Rottler, who's been running our uh, audio, and uh, Captain Matt Markham, who's been, uh, you know, Evaluating, uh, but thank you. Uh, and I'm uh, my name is Ben, and I just want to thank uh, all of you for for listening. And um, till next time. Signing up.